Okay, we are underway this hour. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. With Aaron Vickers of Daily Hive, it's Pat Steinberg along with you. We're coming at you from Cowboys on this Thursday edition of the program. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And not just in the Cowboys Casino, we're right on the stage at the nightclub living for the, the uh, living my 19-year-old dream uh, at the, uh, the old Cowboys. Although, I will say, the new Cowboys, which is now Cowboys, uh, they have done such a good job of recreating the old one. The first time I came in here, like, I don't know, about a decade ago, uh, and, and I saw it for the first time as its new incarnation in the casino, I was like, this feels so much like the old Cowboys. It is awesome. Uh, we're here for the fifth YYC wing off for uh, Cowboys and Kidsport Calgary uh, as Kidsport just continues to do such incredible work in calgary in southern alberta but specifically here in calgary uh kevin and the gang over at kids sport and we're on march 9th it's thursday march 9th this hour on flamestock and kevin and the gang at kids sport have already hit 1200 commitments which is about 400 more than their biggest year ever in 2019 it really just shows you how much need there is for kids sport in this city and it just tells you why events like this the Francis Pizza Pig Out, or all the other events the Kids Sport does throughout a year, and why just a donation on a Tuesday May afternoon is is always huge for the gang at Kids Sport. Already 1,200 commitments uh, so far, and we're not even in the middle of March. Um, so we're having some uh, technical difficulties. Um, we're we're fine. We're able to do uh, flame stock, and that's fine. We are unable to. Uh, just for whatever reason, there's no way to connect with Brent Cron right now. We were supposed to have Croner on today to talk some goaltending. We're going to attempt to try to do so here this hour on Flamestock, but uh, if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't happen, that's too bad um, because I was really looking forward to chatting with uh, Brent Cron. But I did want to talk a little bit about Jacob Markstrom, and if we can connect with Cron, it'll be awesome to uh, to go down that road with him as well. But I want to focus on on Jacob and just the overall demeanor that we've seen from him. Uh, Cam, if you can uh, cue up that uh, that that Markstrom audio for us, I want to I want to just play this for you. So we've talked a lot about Jacob Markstrom throughout the season, right? He struggled. And now in the last four or five appearances, he's been really good, and he's looked a whole lot more like the Jacob Markstrom from last year, like the Jacob Markstrom the Flames signed to a 6x6, six six, and like the Jacob Markstrom that we've, saw, we've seen for most, the better part of his first two years as a member of the team prior to this season. And I just love how dialed in this guy is. I love how intense this guy is. I love how uh, little interest... Uh, he has in playing nice with us. Just listen, because and yeah, I, I'm not I saying I am not saying that facetiously. I am saying that 100% honestly. 
I don't think that Jacob Markstrom has much time for our questions, and I don't I mean, I I know what questions I ask. I'm not going to talk for anybody else. I know the questions I ask. I wouldn't have time for them either. Uh, here's uh, here's Jacob. Mar- my questions, not nobody else's. Hey, I got all the time in the world for you, bud. But I digress. Just listen to Jacob after practice on Thursday, coming off his best game of the year Tuesday in Minnesota. Doing incredible performance. Obviously, a couple minutes ago now. Just how uh, how how big was that for you? Uh, the win was huge. I mean, uh, uh, Nas comes up clutch and. Uh, in the shootout and then to fully finish it off uh, so you know it's obviously great for especially for us to you know in, in overtime there with the callback goal and uh, to to come out there and uh, you know take it to overtime and not you know check out mentally so you know th- that was big and and but you no know, we got a big game tomorrow here you're, you're putting the personal aside and folks on the team i mean that's all that matters it's you know to win hockey games we've been uh, you know right now we're uh we want to we had a big road trip, but you know we we need to keep going and we need to stay focused on the task ahead. And uh, uh, you know you can't celebrate anything because uh, we haven't done anything. Well, even after that game, though, everyone they could have easily gone to Tyler Toffoli and celebrate the shootout win, but they all go to you. Like that, surely that meant something to those guys to see you finally get that shutout, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, there was. Uh, I mean, I think guys were sick and tired of going to Toffoli after after the Dallas game when they finished it off. They, they wanted a new guy to go to. <laughs> Jacob, how, that being said, how important is it to you to be a guy that this team can lean on down the stretch? Uh, I mean, it's that's what you need from from the goaltending position and uh, uh, in in any team and in any league. And uh, you know, uh, obviously, I haven't been on my top performance wise, but you know, you, you got to keep grinding and and keep putting the work in and. Uh, uh, it's not like, you know, today is uh, is another good day, and you got to put some extra work in and and get better. And and tomorrow's a big game. What's uh, what goes into building your game, Jacob? How what's that process for you? Put the gear on, get out on the ice early with barbs, and and work on details, and uh, and then stop pucks in practice. So where'd you say your confidence levels are? Same as last time you asked me. Yeah. That is my favorite part of it. <laughs> when when. Julian at the Athletic just asked him what his confidence level is, and that's not a show. It was a great question by Julian. It was a fair question by Julian. I just I love the response. Sam, I don't I don't even know if it was Julian who asked him the last time. I have no idea. But he goes same as the last time he asked me, and I just I love it. I I just I love how fiery this guy is in practice in media scrums uh at the mall um cooking dinner i like i just i, I and obviously i don't know the last two i've never i've never had him i was about dinner. to ask i've never had him cook dinner for me and i've never i've never been to the mall with jacob markstrom but i just i i love how it feels like in all situations he's always dialed the intensity the fire He's only interested in talking about the team. He's only interested in talking about what the team is doing. He had no interest in talking about his game on Tuesday. He was interested in talking about the. Um, he was interested in talking about the uh, the win for the team and how gutsy it was and how big a shootout goal Nazem Kadri scored and how big a goal uh, Tyler Toffoli scored, so on and so forth. I. I really do appreciate the way he goes about his business. And, and sometimes it can come across, especially this season, I think sometimes it can come across as, as surly or or grumpy or what. 
doesn't bother me in the slightest. I appreciate it. I respect it because the guy's passionate about his craft. He is passionate about getting better about his craft, and he doesn't care about anything there's no small talk there's no time for hey how you doing like uh what uh how's how are things at home it's like he's dialed when he is in that building he is dialed on one thing and that is being the best possible goaltender he can be on that given day and on this day it was a practice day only and on friday it'll be a morning skate and it'll be a game day i just i so respect the way jacob markstrom goes about his business i don't mean to brag but i did run into a flames member once in a mall i believe last season don't remember who it was cold shoulder so maybe they were just dialed in at that moment too but to bring it back to jacob markstrom how many quotable bits were in that you know two plus minute segment where you know where's your confidence level at same as last time and i do think it was danny austin of post media i might be wrong but asked him roughly two weeks ago about that but then you know what's it mean to have instead of rushing to tyler to who scores the shootout winner bench splits off and a whole bunch of guys rush to you after turning in a 40 save performance to literally steal two points oh they just needed a new guy to go to. They're yeah. sick of going to. They're sick of going to go see yeah. Toff. And then the one that's to me is the most important, the most dialed in, the most intense. Can't celebrate anything because we haven't accomplished anything. That is a guy that's dialed in. Maybe a little surly about the position the Calgary Flames are in and where he's at, but he is dialed in, focused, and as you said, intense. I've always appreciated the way he goes about his yeah. business, and and I remain very appreciative about the way he goes about his business. And, and it hasn't changed at any point this year, whether it's been a good outing or a poor outing, whether it's been a good stretch or a poor stretch. That's kind of been the case all year long. I even go back to the preseason. I think the way last year finished oh yeah uh left a sour taste in his mouth and he knows that he didn't play his best hockey against the Oilers of course he does and there's been a lot of people who have hypothesized postulated that the Oilers broke Jacob Markstrom or that was the reason why and you know what maybe that maybe there is something to that maybe that did get in his head or or affected his game or whatever term you want to use for a little while and maybe maybe he is like i'm curious as to where you are is is in your eyes jacob markstrom back after what we have seen the last week and a bit are are you confident in saying jacob's game is back to where it needs to be or are you still kind of wait and see mode when it comes to that I'm waiting C mode. I need a larger sample size than four games, but yeah, and it goes back beyond just the two games, the the back to back wins. His last four outings he's been quite good. He's got a nine thirty six save percentage and a two point eight nine or pardon me, a two point two one goals against. That's more what you expect out of Markstrom, as you mentioned, when you sign him, when you give him six times six, not so much the two point eight nine and the eight ninety three he's got as a whole in the season. I'm gonna push back a little bit on the narrative because I've seen it so many times, seen it time and time again both from Flames fans, both from Oilers fans, about the Edmonton Oilers breaking Markstrom in that series. No. If you go back and you look at the splits and you look what he did from, I think it's roughly around March 1st to the end of the regular season, he was trending downward at that point. Yes, he played great in a series against the Dallas Stars, helping the Flames win in seven games. Wasn't super busy, but had to make some very key saves. And when you're in game seven of an overtime, you still have to be sharp. I'm not necessarily buying that, oh, no, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl broke him. Having said that, if he can give you more of what he's given you over the course of the last 245-ish minutes, that's going to go a long way for the Calgary Flames, elevating themselves up from just outside of the wild card picture 
And technically, again, we can't forget about the Nashville Predators. Technically, they've got two teams to jump to get into a playoff position if you're looking at points percentage. But if he can get on this role and maintain this role and stretch it out, and it doesn't have to be 40 saves every night. doesn't have to pitch a shutout in the remaining 17 games of the season. But if he can give you 915 to 920 save percentage, keep that goals against down to somewhere around 2.5 per game, he's really going to give the team in front of him a chance to gain points, gain traction, and gain hope that they can climb back into this playoff picture. Yeah, and I, I don't know how it is going to uh, play out here. I don't know if, if he is back or not. I'm seeing signs of it. I'm seeing encouraging signs that he's moving in the right direction. But now there's 17 games to go. What's going to be really interesting is the way let's let's just say that he does play okay the the tuesday game that's that's the peak that was out of control good but say that the body of work that we've seen since he came in for dan vladar against boston last tuesday say that that is close to what we get from jacob markstrom from here until the end of the season if that's the case they've got 17 games remaining i uh i could see him going like 15 of the final 17 i don't think that's out of the question in in any way shape or form i really don't because probably all those games are going to be pretty darn important they don't have a ton of back-to-backs left they've got what two back-to-backs left so okay 15 to 17 that sounds about right on I mean, if you're going to roll him out every second game. He has to game, keep playing like that. Well, and we know he, he's got to keep that level of performance up. We also know what Daryl Sutter said, where, one, we need him to get hot, and two, he's going to carry the bulk of the load. So when you look at it, and 15 out of 17 might be lowballing it a little bit because we just saw him play back-to-back games. So maybe you ride Jacob Markstrom out. Now the thing is, is it's a catch-22 to a degree because if he's your goalie and he's going as hot as he is, you want him in there every night. But then are you going to run into a situation where you burn them out by the time the playoffs start? At the same time, if you don't start them all that much, are you going to get to the playoffs? So it's kind of a catch-22 situation. Bottom line is he has to keep playing like he's playing in order to justify those starts. Having said that, he looks calmer in the net, less happy feet, looks bigger than he has. And and to me, just generally, the body language looks more poised, more calm, more... Oh, you know what, this one's not going to beat me. And that's, to me, the most telling thing. Not so much the numbers. You love the numbers. Sure, 40 saves, shut out. You know, 936 save percentage. But the body language, to me, as it stands right now, and it could change, but the body language, to me, right now, reads that he's confident again. Yeah, and then that's that's what they need him to be. And if if the... I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, he's... Would you say he's defiant? Would you say he's definitely intense? in media avails? <laughs> but that's good. Like, oh yeah, I like I I like it. I respect. I respect you like fire, and and intensity, and not the same old thing. I think there's some. That's why I really like this group of flames. Like they they there's some really good not the same old stuff in there that you get whether it's Zadorov or or Coleman Rasmus. or Rasmus or or Markstrom um I I would say most most guys in that room are, are not going to give you the the same old stuff when it comes to what you hear from them after losses or after wins or just uh, the way they go about it it's refreshing I like it I uh and I really do respect the way Jacob Markstrom goes about his business now 
As I uh, as I said, by the way, uh, we were supposed to be chatting with Brent Cron this hour on Flames Talk. Unfortunately, all kinds of technical issues. Uh, we can't use our phones back at Sportsnet 960. Uh, heads, heads, heads are falling off. <laughs> what a um, bowl. Uh, so we can't use our phones. Uh, our other system didn't work. So, like, literally all you get is Vickers and Steinberg. That's all you get. Uh, you know what? This hour. You do not have to watch Gone in 60 Seconds after making a dumb and dumber uh, pull like that out of thin air. You are excused from your homework. You can just enjoy yourself tonight. I'm uh, I'm happy to hear that. Um, we were supposed to chat with uh, Brent Cron. That would have been our look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Uh, of course, they always bring you inside hockey. Uh, with new product families, member rewards and sale events, you'll find more quality, more savings in every department, every day at Calgary Co-op. So this is our inside hockey discussion about Jacob Markstrom. And we heard a little bit from him. And, yeah, I think... The other thing about that type of workload, he hasn't played as much this year as he did last True. year. And so what's he at for starts now? I'll quickly go pull that up. 43. So he's at 43. So he's at, so he plays 15, 58. What did he do last year? 63 starts exactly last 63. year. So that's five starts less, and that's with a stretch of 15 to 17. Uh, and I'm not saying that's what it's going to be, but if he keeps playing like this and the games remain as important as they are, then yeah, I think if you go fifteen to seventeen, then you're you're in. I'll tell you this much: if Jacob Markstrom does start like something like ninety percent of the final games, eighty-five percent of the final games, that's good news for the Flames because it means two things: it means one, they're still in it, and it means two, he is playing at that level or close to that level while they stay in it. I mean, I can't disagree with that. You're going to ride him out. If he's rolling out in somewhere around those marks that you need him to hit, there's no reason to go to Dan Vladar. And unless you're in a back-to-back situation where you want to spell him, where you want to try and find a situation where you can get him some rest. But as you mentioned, he's been pretty rested the entire season. Maybe it's time to put the workload on him, put everything on his shoulders. I'm sure he's not going to shy away from the pressure. We know how prepared he is, how intense he is, how focused he is right now. He's not going to shy away from having the fate of the season fall on his shoulders. And if that means 15 starts and 17 games or playing back-to-back sets twice from here on out, no goalie, no player in the history of time has said, nah, play me less. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom isn't about to be the first guy to demand that. Well, and uh, that guy would now, even if uh, even if he knew it was going to save his life, I don't know if he'd say play me less. I really don't. Uh, there's your look inside hockey. Thanks to fine folks at Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Continuing along on this Thursday edition from Cowboys and the uh, fifth ever YYC wing-off for Cowboys and Kids Sport Calgary. Vickers and Steinberg with you. And and so this hour we're focusing on, on two crucial players for the Flames in their final 17 games. In the first hour, we talked a lot about increased belief, right? We talked about whether or not that exists, should it exist, so on and so forth. Well, this hour we focused on Jacob Markstrom and how important he's going to be and what his workload could or should be between now and the end of the season well the other guy i want to talk about is nazim kadri 
because he has, without question, struggled for a little bit here. But they need him in a big way in the final 17 games. They need him to be their 1B center. They need him to be the guy they went out and signed to a seven-year, $49 million contract. And it's not like he hasn't been that guy all season. Obviously, he got off to a great stretch. We were raving about Nazem Kadri in the first half or the first the first little bit of the season. He was their best player for the first seven or eight games. And he's had stretches where he's been really good. And there's uh, been a little, there was that little stretch for a few weeks where him and Huberto really started to to play well together but you know Nazem's game has taken a bit of a step back here and for the last month or so he he really has come off it I feel and that's fine it happens even to even to guys like Kadri even like it happens to everybody but this is the time where the games mean the most where you're going to be playing we hope anyway meaningful hockey with pressure on for the rest of the year, we hope the Flames are playing in mean, 17 meaningful games. We hope that they're playing in 17 games that decide something, starting with Friday's game against Anaheim. And and the Flames need him to be that guy. And even though he struggled of late, I wanted to bounce this off you. He scores the game-tying goal or the shootout-tying goal on Tuesday against Minnesota. Freddie Gaudreau had scored the first goal of the game. Finally, a puck had crossed the line in round three of the shootout uh, after 65 minutes of scoreless hockey and five conse- or four consecutive uh, shootout misses or stops. And then Freddie Gaudreau scores, and the Wild are one Philip Gustafson stop away from taking this win. And they would have been full marks and then some for the two points. And then Nazem Kadri, game on the line, goes down there like he's done it a thousand times, rips it past Gustafson, and sets up Tyler Toffoli's winner after Matt Boldy misses. I think that's uh, I think that's Nazem Kadri's biggest moment as a Calgary Flame. I I honestly think that one shootout goal did a lot for the Flames. It allowed them to take four of four. It allowed them to keep things going, and it allowed them once again to say even internally on that flight home. Yeah, you know what? Things that went against us in games before, in the first 64, 63 games of the year, Kadri scored. Toffoli scored. The overtime goal didn't count. We got the shutout. We got the break against Dallas. We won that game. And you can come back feeling like, hey, maybe things are starting to go our way. Gustafson didn't kick it to the side or get a piece of it. It didn't hit the post. Kadri's goal went in. I think that's his biggest moment as a member of the Flames so far. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about if certain moments can be a turning point for the Calgary Flames. And you kind of touched on it. Can that shootout goal to prolong extra time to set up Tyler Toffoli's second game winner in a row, if you want to look at it like that? You wonder if that can be something that revitalizes Kadri because his game has fallen off a little bit here. He's got 10 points in his last 17 games, just two goals. You need him to score more than two goals every 17 games. And the issue isn't even necessarily the production because, I mean, 10 and 17 isn't ideal, but it's not like he's gone ice cold. The issue is that he's getting outscored five-on-five five when he's on the ice, and you can't have that. And I think he hit a lull in February and a little bit into March because the 13 games prior to January 27th, he had 12 points in 13 games, yeah. including five goals. Now, sometimes this can be a bit of a lazy narrative, and I'd have to ask him specifically, and he'd never give me a straight answer on this because no hockey player ever would. But this is a guy that went to the Stanley Cup final last year, had a short summer, battled injury during the playoffs, so he had an even shorter summer in terms of his recovery. 
played 71 regular season games last year, 16 playoff games. Again, would have played more, had the injury. Short summer when you're playing into June, suddenly you're with a new team, short turnaround, and suddenly the dog days of the NHL regular season hit you in February. Now, he'll never use that as an excuse, but I wonder if that was a bit of a thing for him in this quote-unquote Stanley Cup hangover. But now you get this goal, you're in the thick of a fight, you're feeling good about yourself suddenly. I wonder if you can use that as a bit of a springboard or launching pad into producing more, playing better, being a driver, pulling the team on your back, if you will, as a forward, and saying, hey, I know what it takes to get there, I know what it takes to win when you've been there. So hop on my back, let's go. And it doesn't have to be 30 points in 17 games. Right. But you need to drag your team into the fight through March into April to give this team a chance. I think I think part of, and a text comes in and says, excuses, excuses, excuses. And so here I am on another one. Um, but I, I honestly think part of what has hurt Kadri of late is him knowing where his new team is and his looking at, at the situation they're in and trying to do too much. There have been far too many times where – there hasn't been something there, and he's tried to make it happen. Yes. He's tried to beat somebody one-on-one where he probably shouldn't. I don't think that that's Kadri being selfish. I don't think that's him being me first. I think knowing what I know about the player and and the things that I really, really respect about the player, I think that's him caring. I think that's him pissed off, and I think that's him trying to make something happen. And, and while that it, it can be a double-edged sword, I'd much rather somebody be trying to make something happen and I'd much rather a guy be going out of his way to try to turn momentum as opposed to waving the white flag or checking out or whatever the case may be. And I So so sometimes trying to beat a guy one-on-one or beat three guys one-on-one or whatever isn't always the best way to go about it. And sometimes you, I, I think Kadri can do a better job, especially recently, of you know using those around him a little bit better. But I think he can get back to that. And I think here's a really good opportunity for him to be one of the driving forces for the Flames in the final stretch of the season. He's got that opportunity, and I, I think we know he's got it in him because we've seen it before uh, in, in, in playoff series. We've seen it before uh, in, on, on different teams, and he's here to be that guy. He is currently their highest-paid player, and he won't be next year. But he is their highest-paid player right now. And I think that here's an opportunity for him to go out and be that guy, and I'm excited to see if he could do it or not. And for me, sometimes less is more. You talk about trying to beat guys when you don't have the odds in your favor, trying to get through one guy by stick-handling around or trying to split these. Sometimes less can be more. But I wonder if, because you mentioned, he signed that massive contract in the offseason. This is a team that, at times, more often than not, has struggled to produce offensively. So... I think that part of that doing too much is a result of looking around and going, well, we need offense. We're not getting it. I'm going to try and make that extra play. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. Maybe step outside of his own game, what makes him most successful, and trying to do too much. So I think if he can simplify a bit, but at the same time, that doesn't mean less effort. That doesn't mean less aggression. That doesn't mean any of those things. It means simplifying, straight lines. He's proven that he can be successful playing that before. But again, the big thing for me is dragging everybody else into the fight with him because he can be an agitator, he can be testy, he can be physical, he can be emotional, 
And I think emotion for this team, we talked about it with Jacob Markstrom, emotion for this team is key. And if he can get guys emotional with him in a positive way, you got to use it the right way. There's two different ways you can use it. But if he can up the emotional level and get his teammates more emotional, more invested, more fired up, then that's what you need him to do. Well, and a positive sign for me was the game against Dallas specifically, where I thought that line was maybe the biggest driving force in the victory. Uh, that line with Kadri, Huberdo, and on that night, Nick Ritchie, uh, they were up over 72% on their 5-on-5 possession, and high-danger scoring chances with them on the ice were 5-2. Uh, that is the type of night that the yes. Flames are looking for from Kadri and Huberdo on a regular basis. And maybe it's Ritchie who stays with them, maybe it's not. Uh, and I also thought they were the best line against Minnesota. That's two straight games where I thought the Kadri line drove the bus. So, so... We're talking about the struggles he's had, and I thought it was maybe at its pronounced worst against Minnesota on Saturday in the two games since. I think he's been one of Calgary's better players, and that to me is encouraging because I think it's pretty clear that right now it kind of feels like it's a one-game playoff series for the Flames every night, and that's the way they're they're seemingly approaching it. They need points. They're trying to treat it, and I know it's tough to do, but they're trying to treat each night like this is a must-win. And if you can continue getting those type of nights from Kadri, then I think you're going to have an opportunity. Again, his line was the only line that outchanced the opposition at both high danger and medium danger on Tuesday against Minnesota. So that's two straight games for Kadri's line has been Calgary's best forward line. That is what we need to see more of down the stretch. And that's not to say the Backland line and the Lindholm line can just take nights off, but Kadri's line's got to be a driver, and they've got the ability to be a driver. So I like what I'm seeing the last two games. It's another positive uh, in what we've seen the last six-plus periods. Yeah, you need that Kadri line sparking. It doesn't just fall on Nazem. Jonathan Huberto is a big part of that line, and he's seen similar struggles as well. He's minus eight in his last 17 games, only three goals, 10 points. You need him to be better than a .59 per point per game player. You need Nazem Kadri to be better than a .59 point per player. These are players that were brought in to produce. They're brought in to help this team in situations like this when things, okay, maybe the things are starting to turn a little bit for the Calgary Flames in the proper direction. But you need these guys at the forefront of your push in order to have a chance, just like you need Jacob Markstrom to be the guy that he can be in. We saw it last year as a Vesna runner-up trophy. Well, now you've got a guy that had 115 points last season. you got a guy that hoisted the Stanley Cup last season. These are the types of players yes. that need to be a driver if you want games in April to matter at all. Those guys will be making $17.5 million combined starting next season. Yes, they will. If you can get them to be two of your best players down the stretch... That's good news. I've really liked Cod- and I, I haven't disliked Huberdeau, but I've really liked Kadri specifically in these last two games. And I honestly think, like, is is there a bigger moment for you than the shootout goal he scored? And I know it doesn't even count on the on the score sheet, but the circumstance of that game and the fact that you know you had an opportunity to win one for Jacob Markstrom, and here they are down a goal in the shootout, and they had you know the the Wild had already scored this overtime goal. They have get they had been given every opportunity to steal two points, and all Kadri had to do was extend the shootout, and he did. I don't know. I think that is his best. I, I hope it's not the biggest moment in his seven years as a member of the Flames, but to this point, I think it is his biggest moment. Hell, I, I hope it's not even his biggest moment this season, but. 
I think to this point, it's been his biggest moment. Well, just to be that guy, I would say for him, the biggest moment was when he got the cup ring on opening night against the Colorado Avalanche. But as it pertains to on-ice circumstance, it's hard because I'm flipping through the game log right now and trying to get refreshed or reminded of something that happened. And there's a three-point game early in the season, October 25th, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But other than that, it's like... Mm, what stands out from this game what stands out from that game and honestly the only other thing that really pops to mind and maybe it's just because it happened less than a month ago but it was him getting leveled by Jacob Truba like if you're looking for signature Nazem Kadri moments I'm not finding too many so you look at that potential shootout extender to put the Calgary Flames in a position to take two points and one point would have been a victory for the Calgary Flames in that game I think but the fact that they could come away with it with two by yeah. way of an incredible performance by Jacob Markstrom, by way of Nazem Kadri extending the shootout, by way of Tyler Toffoli playing the hero for a second straight night. But this is a situation where you've still got some time left in the season to make some memorable moments, and you're going to need to to put this team in a playoff spot. Uh, let's read a few texts as we start to wrap up this hour from Cowboys at 960-960. First on Kadri, um, this says, uh, excuses, 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 guys. One overtime goal, meh. So this guy's not sold on Nazem so far. Uh, this says Kadri has to play simple, get the pucks in, and retrieve. The amount of times he's given up the puck at the blue line, which turns around and ends in dangerous chances the other way, uh, is concerning. Um, and, and I think that that is something that we have seen. There's been a few too many times when trying to beat a guy one-on-one, he's, he's got beaten or he's lost that battle and it's turned the puck over the other way. There's two spots on the ice that will give coaches gray hairs if you turn it over. It's your blue yeah. line or the offensive blue line. And either way, not good. Uh, this says, uh, I like this one from Dean. Uh, Dean in Calgary says, you lay all those circumstances out for Kadri. Yes, he should be able to use it as an excuse, but correct that he never will, not to mention he was a late signing, so he and his family remained in limbo for longer than most UFAs, which is also a good point because there was a good stretch of time there that he didn't know if he was going to go elsewhere or go back to Colorado. And it was only about, I want to say, a week and a half, two weeks, maybe a little bit more, where it started to turn towards Calgary. I think that the deal had basically been agreed upon for a few days, about a week and a bit before it got announced and put through central registry and then all of a sudden it did end up that uh, Kadri uh, was was a member of the Flames. So I think that that played into it too. Um, this on the Markstrom side says uh, Markstrom gets confidence playing in front of teams that can score. Sorry for being a Debbie Downer, but when you're busting your butt off hoping your team will score one goal to get a victory night in and night out, your confidence is going to drop. This team still has huge deficiencies. They need goals or say goodnight to the playoffs thank you come again um and i i mean regardless of the way jacob plays he's the guy that we talked a lot about to start off this hour the regardless of the way jacob plays yeah they're gonna have to score more than zero goals uh which they scored zero goal i don't think they're gonna be winning a lot of probably not a recipe for success not gonna be a lot of nights where the opposing goalie gets a shutout and you win now they did get the rare Here's what I can guarantee. This is my last guarantee of the day. Uh, this and you is my can last, take it to the bank. This is my last hot take of the day. And if it happens again, then I don't know. I'll, I was going to say I'll do something like I'll eat ranch, but no, I won't do that. Ranch? is um, That's where you draw the line? Ranch? Oh, 
the things that I would rather do than smell the substance is is a lot. Um, I'll sing a show tune on the air or something like that. How's that? Um, or I'll do like some sort of bad karaoke. I'll do Backstreet's Bad Karaoke live on the air. This is my last like hot take. Full song? Full song, absolutely. Okay. My last hot take of the day. <laughs> it's not really that hot, hot a take. I, uh, I'm going to guarantee that the Flames will not have another goalie get a shutout on them and win a game for the rest of the season. Oh, that is scorching. That's hotter than some of the wings that are going to be served up. Philip Gustafson posted his second consecutive shutout against the Flames on Tuesday, and Calgary still won. I can guarantee you that will not happen again in the final 17 games of the year. I'm going out on the limb, baby. Oh, could you imagine Friday against the Anaheim Ducks, John Gibson? Well, then I'll make a... sure that you're on the show Monday so that I'll sing Backstreet's Back for you. I mean, could you make it west so I don't have to hear it? That's fair point. Just kidding. I'll catch it on the podcast. That's also a good point. Uh, he is Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Go catch Aaron on Twitter at AA Vickers. Uh, our producers this hour have been Cam Hughes and Taylor Dingman, who are uh, doing their absolute best with uh, their kind. They've kind of been blindfolded on this Thursday and still doing a heck of a job. So uh, thanks to them for doing their best with very limited means, all kinds of technical issues back at uh, World Control today. But that's okay. We persevere. We get the show on the air and we get the show up for you wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google. Amazon. Thanks to everyone involved. That'll do it for the Sports Drive on this Thursday. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.